This summer, we're bringing you double koi gig. You know what happened? It was that we stopped talking and then people went down and that, that was it. the I problem. I needed the motivation of you slagging me every week to get good results and just imploded without that. Subscribe to the OTB koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. We are going to get stuck into a uh, little bit of Kerry versus Dublin preview in just a moment. Just a reminder, it is Jason Sherlock and Darrow Kaneda on stage with us. And we are delighted to be here in the Castle Bar in Tralee. All with thanks to Guinness Zero Zero. 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the pitch are yours for the taking. Lads, there's only one place to start. We'll give a question to both of you as representatives of your county. Jason, you're first up. Is Con O'Callaghan playing? <laughs> Is he not playing? Oh. <laughs> um, oh, God, I don't know. He obviously didn't play the last day, so that's a worry. Um, I think, like, and uh, I, I, we probably don't have time to go about the fixtures this year, and it's, it's a bit bizarre to be an, at an All-Ireland semi-final at this time of the year kind of trying to get my head around it. But the, the reality is they only had two weeks. He couldn't play in a match two weeks ago. And obviously, from a Dublin perspective, we hope he's going to play on, on Sunday. So I don't know. No one knows. Like, he'll either, he won't play. And then if he does play, how fit is he going to be? Um, but the reality is he's a, he's a massive cog to that Dublin team. Uh, performances weren't great in the league. And it seemed to coincide when Con came back. He, he was a different player. But I suppose the flip side then is obviously on the other side, there's there's a player when, when he went off last year against Tyrone, Kerry didn't perform. So it'll be interesting to see if, if he can play at 100% for, for the 75 minutes on Sunday. And that's where we come to you, Dara. Any information on, on David Clifford? I know the answer is no, but anything that you, yeah. want, to, uh, <laughs> anything that you want to bring yeah. to life? I met, uh, met Dermot Worfey's wife in Dingle today. I was trying to get information out of her because you get no information out of Dermot. And uh, to be honest, I think a lot of Kerry people are at the stage where they're saying, prepare for Clifford not being there and best case scenario he is. Um, I think it was a big motivating factor even years ago in 2004 we, we were missing Dara O'Shea and Seamus Miner the two best players we had for an All-Ireland final and it was a huge motivating factor and Jason mentioned last year's game with, with Clifford being missing if you were one of the other, the other 29 players on that carrier squad you're saying we're a bit more than David Clifford yeah. and if he's great they're great um, he injured himself the last day obviously injured himself that's a tricky enough injury the ankle will swell up, you can bang an injection into it, you can strap it up and it's fixable. And he gets his goal running in straight lines. But you need to be, when you're playing the likes of Dublin in an All-Ireland semi-final, you need everything to be right, even psychologically. There's very few players that can just parachute themselves in after an injury like that and perform to the level that's to be expected of them. Um, Conor Callahan's old fellow was watching a Gaeltic game last Sunday and a few of the natives were asking him about Con, but he was keeping stum. but the mother apparently in the pub later on said Con will be fine <laughs> you know so, yeah, yeah. so you buried the lead there I think. so we have got a bit of bit of juice there anyway yeah. so Conor Callahan will be playing for Dublin yeah. it, it has been suggested that Con's injury is, is a hairline fracture uh, Tommy yeah. mentioned earlier on that you played in All-Ireland with an injury it, it was that exact that's, injury that's my excuse anyway for <laughs> performance um, no I did I got a hairline fracture in the shin bone in 97 in a challenge game against Mead and through really good physio you're able to play on you know it's painful enough it's painful enough and um, but um, it, it, it's doable I would think but it, it, it's a hard one like it's it, you know a stress fracture is a stress fracture and if, if, if it is but there's so it's the reason we're talking about it, it's such a vacuum at the moment you know in terms of 
you know, what's going to happen on Sunday and you'll hear all this talk later on about who's going to ma- match up with who and you don't really know until about you're watching the teams in the warm-up. That's when I always kind of figure it out because the quarter-final, the last day, I got a text from a former teammate saying that uh, Graham O'Sullivan was out and that Paul Murphy was in and all that kind of stuff floats around. I got the same text. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing where it's at. Dara Shea, when he was playing brilliantly, used to start the rumours himself inside here, actually, I'd say. <laughs> and see, see how long they took to get back west. Like, you know. And, you know, it was a bit of entertainment. That was before WhatsApp and all that. Like, so it's, it's spread like wildfire now. Like, but to be honest, you know, having conversations about that kind of stuff is almost pointless until, you know, it, it entertains us and, and all that. But about quarter past three uh, on Sunday, you'll be looking at fellas in the warm-up and you'll know then. You'll know then and you'll have a fair idea and so... Yeah, well, and just uh, like uh, two thoughts about it. Like, obviously, the Con one, like, he didn't play. So you're obviously pessimistic in that regard. But I think... If, if you were a Dublin player, very similar to the, what, what Dara just said about the, the lads in Kerry, they've had two weeks now to get their head around this. So tactically, but also as players and as individuals, like, do they really want the excuse to be, oh, well, you didn't have Khan? And to be fair, th- these players have been a lot of battles, a lot of wars, and they're very proud guys. So I'd like to think that they'd have got their head round it and they've come up with a way of counteracting if, if Khan can play. And then from a coaching perspective, and again, it's fine lines because no doubt Jack and Desi are probably going having a few sleepless nights thinking about both David and Khan over the last while and whether they should play them or not. Like in 2019, the last time that we played, we played uh, Kerry and I'm not trying to bring up any bad memories, but everyone remembered the the throw in and Merchant going down the pitch. And like, to be honest, that was the turning point of the game. And I remember at the time you could argue that our best player was Jack McCaffrey. And in that first half, Jack McCaffrey did his hamstring Mm. and Mm. he came into the dressing room and he says, I want to give it another 10 minutes. And... We, we thought about it and we decided not to. And the reality was if Jack was on the field, Owen Merchant wouldn't have been where he was to get that goal. So they're the fine lines between playing a guy and not playing a guy who's injured. So I suppose that, that's the kind of jeopardy you're but, dealing but with. But see, even last weekend, let's say for the hurling, everyone was talking about Tony Kelly ahead of the game, right? Mikey Butler picks him up, keeps him quiet. And then there's all these kind of theories. Was Kelly carrying an injury? Was he this? Was he that? We can focus almost too much, you know, on brilliant individuals like Conor Callaghan, David Clifford, Tony Kelly or whatever. But sometimes the whole thing can be negated in a second. And... By an you know, unheralded player. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. And even for Con at the minute, we actually haven't seen a lot of him. You know, he didn't feature in the league, he didn't play in the last game. So I suppose in, in one aspect, Dublin know how to play without him. Yes, he's an incredible player, but they have played without them, they, they have done well. So, you know, they, they know how to operate without them. They know how to operate without them, but... I, They'd like you, to have them. They would, and I, I, to be fair, I think the, the performances, they, the, the better performances coincide with having Khan back. But if you look at Khan as an individual, he is an unbelievable guy, and obviously yeah. spending all his summers in Kerry obviously has rubbed off yeah. on him. But he, he's an unbelievable individual. And, like, and Tommy, I don't know whether you came across him in Hurling, like, but he's top class. He's yeah. two All-Ireland club titles. And he, he went from one, get one code yeah. to the other code from club to county at a very young age and maybe like things are catching up with him unfortunately from a Dublin perspective but uh, I've no doubt he's the ultimate pro he'll, he'll have given himself every chance to be on the pitch on, on Sunday. You would have been in the backroom team when Con first burst onto the scene 
was it instant like that? This guy, because I think that the, probably the consciousness was everybody knew him from Kula as a hurler almost as much as they knew him as a footballer. From your first time seeing him in training with the seniors, where you're like, okay, this guy is going to be as good as, as the hype led us to believe. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Well, I, I remember seeing him in, as a minor in a Leinster mm. final before I was involved, and I said that that he, he's one to note for the future. And then when I got involved, um, he played in the O'Boran Cup against Wexford, and we had a league match against Kerry. It might have been the first one in Crow Park, and Con was only on the squad, but at the time there was talk about him going hurling. And I remember making a case, not that Jim listened to, to, to anyone, but I, I, I gave my thought that the last kind of 10 minutes, the game was over, and I said, get Con on just get him on because you know you want to whet the appetite and he, he came on and he played for 10 minutes so a lot of Dublin people thank me about that I don't think they thank <laughs> me for that down here but um, but no he, he, he's, his career has just been unbelievable when you think about it there's a lot of those players that very similar to the Kerry team in the 70s they didn't have defeats you know and it's, it's really how the last couple of years how that's impacted them um, going through the challenges that they've had um, like there's some great matchups that when we when we go away and like one that I'm really looking forward to like I, I said after we won in 2019 from a motivation point of view we are now going to get Kerry at their best because you could see Clifford and you could see O'Shea coming and I think O'Shea and Small is going to be a fantastic battle yeah. on, on Sunday like O'Shea now is he, he's not a he's not a young lad anymore yeah. he knows what John Small is about John is what John is and he'll, he'll try to man mark him out of the game so that's John <laughs> what is John? <laughs> Who is John? <laughs> John is a good man marker. Yeah. John's ball. <laughs> but like I think I, I think that'll be a fascinating battle to see who gets gets on top there because it's not all going to yeah. be about Con, it's not all going to be about Clifford. It's going to be about the other players around that that make a difference. Mm. Do you give instructions to John Small? Did you give instructions to John Small? Did Jim Gavin give instructions to, to Small down through the years at all? Is there anything that you can do to a player like that to Give him, I guess, extra guidance when he's coming up against a good young forward. Um, you give him clarity. Like I think, as a coach, you give players clarity, and like obviously, every every player has different roles and different responsibilities. So, if John, if John's job was to mark a man, John marked a man. So uh, you didn't have to tell him much more than that. Um, and, and in fairness, it's to his credit. He he probably doesn't get the praise that the likes of a Kieran Kilkenny or a Brian Fenton does, but he does a job that uh, yeah. any team would would it's, want. You know, it's such a rare quality, really, a defender who wants to defend in the modern game and he's well capable of getting up the field as well but watching him you know let's say you look at let's say Tom Sullivan now who kicked three points in the quarter final loves to play football can defend and will defend but would prefer to mix it up as well well Small is probably you know a bit more focused on just totally negating good players and that's Huge, because there aren't that many players of those type around. Like. Mm. You mentioned a moment ago, Dara, the, the whole psychological element for Kerry this weekend. Is there anything in the fact that they haven't beaten Dublin in the championship since 2009? Or is this team solely focused on you know what, what's happened over the last little while? Even beating them in the league this year is like a, a boon for them somewhat. Yeah. Or, or does it doesn't matter that they haven't won in so long in championship? Every little thing like that counts. Of course it does. But... You know, we love our history in Kerry. We love our traditions of Kerry football. We idolise those people that came before us. But really, this team has a, you know, there's about a four-year cycle in them, I suppose, from 18, Eamon Fitzmaurice, you know, Peter Keane's regime. It's the core group is the minors of 14, 15, and a few really good players on either side of that. And, you know, they, 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 they have their own thing to do, you know, and 
little I remember being at the league game here in, in Tralee you know that this is Dublin in experiment mode but what they got out of that game and they were well beaten on the night was Lee Gannon you said Lee Gannon has something here and I remember talking to Coleman Goggins after the game he was down at the game and he said that's what he took out of the game as well you know so they're bit by bit you know they were they were getting th- these little elements in place because this effectively is Desi Farrell's team now you know there, there, there has been that transition and there's huge motivation from a Dublin point of view, no more than from Kerry, to say, you know, for to, to beat Kerry is huge. Kevin Heffernan, going back to the 50s even as a player and as the 70s as a manager, to beat Kerry was a big thing for any Dublin footballer. Right now, the shoe's on the other foot. You know, this is a Dublin team. A lot of them have medals in their pocket. The assurance is there. There's a set that the league Annans and these lads are trying to make a name for themselves. So that's their motivation. From Kerry's point of view, the motivation is just to get to an All-Ireland final, get, get over the line at this stage, um, to beat Dublin in a big game in Croke Park, which, yeah, we won National Leagues against Dublin in 17, was it? Or, you know, Dean Rock hit, hits the post at the last minute, and, yeah, that could have gone either way. Yeah, you're still... <laughs> no, serious, it, yeah, yeah. it reminds me of Tommy saying about earlier, like, that that sticks in the graw, that one. But in right. saying that, we, yeah. like, it, it, like and it, we wouldn't have won the All-Irelands we did without that defeat, yeah. because we learned so much from it. But, but, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, teams come to Killarney, let's say Throne beat Kerry in 2003 in Killarney in a league game, and it becomes something after afterwards you hear it at the end of the year so it's the same thing this year you know the fact that you're beating Dublin the odd time in the league and recent records will show played one lost drew it's not too bad but they're mostly league and that's a small motivation for Kerry players at the moment as well like you know small yeah just a small <laughs> <You're gain. laughs> yeah. that's 17 so you, you took a lot out of the 17 final obviously the 17 league final I mean what, what exactly did you take from it and how did it help you that summer um yeah, it's like it. It just it, again, like all games, you have to take learnings, and it was one of them. We really kind of took a step back, and I think at the time we're Dublin going for four or five leagues, and it like you don't do that yeah. consecutively every day, so it was disappointing. But I think the the one thing we learned from it was that. You know, as a management team, it's important that you you pick what's in front of your face. You know, you pick the players that are playing well. And I think the one testament to Jim, what he did, like the the team that won an All Ireland in 2015, when when Jim finished in 2019, the the average age was younger. And I think that was to Jim's testament. And yeah. a full credit to the older lads as well, because Tommy mentioned there about A's and B's, like our B team would beat our A team consistently. Right. And not only would they beat them, they would ask, they'd be asked to set up in a certain way. If we were playing Kerry, we'd ask them to set up in a certain way. If we were playing Tyrone, they'd set up in a certain way. So it's to their credit that they were willing to do what was best for, for the team at that stage. So, uh, yeah, so we took a lot from it in, in those days. But, like, going into the match at the weekend, like, I think that what I've experienced from Kerry in the last few years being involved, they, they, were, they almost had to bring something new to the table like the kick out strategy or playing Donahue to kind of play to, to mark the full back and the, the centre back they were always coming up with little kind of things to, to challenge Dublin I really think Kerry feel they've enough they don't have to do anything different at the weekend they just have to believe what they've been doing um, obviously they've new coaches in they've been influenced by that so I get a sense that they feel they have enough to beat Dublin whether it will be enough to beat Dublin obviously only time will tell 
did you go through that psychological phase as well in the 2000s of looking at Kerry and not being beaten before you went out on the pitch, but it was a, a factor like from 01 to 04 to 09. Was that a problem for Dublin back then in a way that you could speculate it might be for Kerry right now? Yeah, we like again, like the reality was Kerry were better footballers and ultimately better footballers will be better footballers. But I remember the 2004 uh Match, I think it was the quarter final we played you. <laughs> Tommy brought in Brian Mullins the, the week of the game to kind of, we thought, Dublin legend, this would be great. <laughs> Unfortunately, Brian was a bit too close to the truth in terms of how we'd been performing and kind of gave us a few realities of, of how we'd been. <laughs> and I remember a lot of people kind of saying, oh, oh dear, we're in trouble on, on, on Sunday. And, and so it transpired. So, um, yeah. So basically we weren't good enough <laughs> but um, no he was just honest in terms of how we'd performed and he was right and like I look back at that time and obviously we tried as hard as we can but we were up against better teams and like that's the great thing about Sunday it's very hard to work out what team is ahead of what team like Dublin have been there done that but obviously there's a few guys gone that were there over the last few years whereas you have Kerry admittedly they have a couple of experienced guys there but they seem to be the up and coming team so that's why it's mm. great on Sunday and what we're looking forward to when you look back at that time is, is all four actually the pit of that Dublin era like I mean 09 is often held up as the moment where it, it was at, it bottomed out but in, as time has passed by it feels like 09 was almost the making of 11 in many ways Gilroy had arrived and they'd learned a lot from that like is all four actually the darkest time of that decade God, there was a few a good few dark times <laughs> over that that era um no like at, at the time like we there was a few things we the tyrone and kerry's teams of the noughties were were top yeah. class they were really top class they could have played in any generation i i think and then you had the likes of westmead and you had leash and you had kildare in in, in leinster which unfortunately you don't have at the moment mead weren't weren't really a factor they had been a factor in the the late 90s but but that's that's GA that's sport and as much as people were critical and, and rightly so about Dublin over the last few years about that monopoly like we knew it was never going to last forever because ultimately it's an amateur game and these guys can only give as much as they can give um, and we just enjoyed that time and again we'll be going in on, on Sunday as, as supporters hoping that Dublin will perform but there's no guarantee and uh, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, we definitely all thought it was going to last forever. That's the, that's the way it felt. And for Kerry at the minute, Dara, does it feel like they've underachieved with this particular team in the last couple of years? I think had we won the All-Ireland in 2019, which we came close to the start, it would have been probably a kind of a landmark moment and maybe things would have changed. I don't think they've, they've underachieved because this, you know, the average age would be quite young. But, you know, I won Yarrow it out. Like, I, I do think there is a certain amount of pressure on Kerry mm-hmm. um, this year um, because they are close to it. And I do feel that the, the, there's a performance. And, they, you know, it's like we're talking about a team that hasn't won a whole lot. They, they've been winning. They've won three national leagues in a row or whatever, you yeah. know, and they've been winning a lot of big games. It's just that you go back this time 12 months ago, it's Tyrone. The, the previous year it got suckered in Cork below in Cork which should never have happened but it did and that's the, the fear in the back of the head of Kerry people at the moment now they've arrived at a stage playing a team that possibly they might have obsessed about in the past and the goalposts have moved again you're coming with a new Dublin team a different challenge and a different uh, dynamic in, into it like so um, 
like I don't want Sunday's game is huge like it is huge like and of course you have the Galway and the Derry on the other side but that can't come into it Sunday's game is huge for the psyche of Kerry you know the Kerry Jason mentioned Tyrone there they put it up to us for years you know let's say they always forced us to, to think a different way about the game the Dublin team have done that with every team in the country for, for, for the five or six years that they were on the go um, winning All-Irelands and yeah of course it was going to end we'd, we'd all have liked if it had ended a bit sooner than it actually <laughs> did but it, it didn't and we had our chance in 2019 we didn't take it and a lot of those same players are there again Jack O'Connor mentioned it in his post-match comments when they were facing the dubs you're not trying to play it up or big, play it down either way. It, it is a big game for a lot of these Kerry players, no more than it is for the Dublin players. But it's, it, it's, it's, you know, the, this supposed underage development that happened with 2014, 15, 16, 17, um, five All Irelands in a row, minor, you know, that never really counted in the years that Kerry were winning seniors. But now it's become almost this kind of millstone for them, like, you know, these are good underage players. What are you going to do with them? Are you? are they fulfilling their potential and that's where the pressure is coming from but I think they're well able for it I think you know the, the leaders in that group like the, the Shawnee Shays the David Cliffords they're well able for it it's not an inevitability you can go through a whole career without winning an All-Ireland but it's in them the, the institutional knowledge is in them they're the, they're the best Sigerson players in the country they're the best underage players in the country it's a natural progression and Sunday will tell a lot and we saw what obviously happened last year against Tyrone I'm sure they will learn a lot from that. And I think a lot of people question maybe defensively. That's where they, they struggled a bit. And then Paddy Talley yeah, came in and yeah. we can see the impact that he's... he's yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a ballsy move by Jack, you know. And, you know, even talking to people, you know, back west in pubs and stuff like that was not a popular move, you know. But he... Why? Because it was seen to be probably you know, taking, you know, borrowing knowledge from other counties yeah. that previously wouldn't have, <laughs> we wouldn't have had a great relationship with. But I think Jack had arrived at a stage where he was very secure in himself as a manager. Jack O'Connor of 2003 and four, when he took the job for the first term, wouldn't have done that. But he's so self-assured at the moment, he surrounded himself with these people that he felt could bring this group of players on. And in fairness to him, you know, the evidence so far has been pointing that way. There is an undeniable awareness there, as is with Galway on the other side of the draw, that they have improved defensively. There are different things being done. Look, they're not conceding goals. You know, that might all change on Sunday with the Con Callens and these lads around. But it's there. The evidence is there. The results are there. The performances mightn't be there at the moment. You know, there's a kind of, they're doing what they have to do. But I do feel no more, you know, than I do feel there's a performance coming and I do feel they're just two or three jigsaw pieces from getting it really right. I often find it like, I wonder how can they be at their peak level if they haven't really been tested? You know, they're coming up against Dublin now, which is really their biggest test. I know they had Mayo, but I, I suppose Dublin's going to be the biggest one and they want to be at their, their peak game, but they haven't really got to that level yet. So it's difficult when the likes of the Ulster yeah. teams you I see think the, have been. The, the last game, Ashling, was a funny one because anybody that was there, Armagh and Galway played this amazing game and next thing it's like a puncture, you know, yeah. and the warm-up even, watching the two teams warming up, Kerry and Mayo, it was like a puncture. And then it could have become a game, a proper game. Kevin McLaughlin has a chance, puts it over the bar. About 10 minutes into the second half, Mayo have three chances in a row. One of them drops into the goalie's hand, two wides. And it's like just Kerry are just sneaking away and it's, you're focusing on the semi-final then. And I, 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 
in terms of being tested, you could throw the same thing at Dublin. Exactly, yeah, you know, absolutely. Before the quarterfinal draws, I think a lot of Kerry people would have wanted Armagh or Mayo, just because, no, no offence to Cork or Clare, but the familiarity was there. You knew what they were going to bring to the table. We got Mayo. It wasn't a great game, by no stretch. And there were points in that game where you said Mayo could, you know, could cause us trouble here, but after a while, you just realised it wasn't going to happen, and the Kerry were getting in. And I just do think that you know, the Cork game, I don't think Dublin learned a whole no, lot from. No, and, you know. and that has always been a challenge over the last number of years for Dublin, that they weren't tested. And when you think of where Dublin were after the league, being beaten up in Clonus in the last league game, people saying they're, they're in, in turmoil, then it seemed that things had, had changed, obviously, in the performances in Leinster. But the reality was that the quality of opposition probably wasn't as, as good as you, you would like. So, again, I, w- I would see Dublin are coming in just as untested in a lot of ways as Kerry yeah. um, and I suppose that's the what's so it's, it's just those five goals against Kildare that has us kind of <laughs> thinking okay that's ringing in your mind yeah you know for, for about 20 minutes there it was like oh, the, here's an angry team they've been written off and here's Con Callaghan, Cormac That was Coslan. the spark of Con, I, I felt. Yeah. I really clicked with the three of them up front. Yeah, but tactically, like, Type Morley is, is not going to let that happen on Sunday. You know, that's the, that's the naivety that, unfortunately, Kildare had in the day. And, like, in a lot of ways, that, that demonstrated how lethal Dublin could be. So probably from a Kerry perspective, I'm sure that's the video that they're looking at. But, but they're the fine lines, and that's why it'll be interesting to see w- what team sets up, how they set up, and how they go about this game, because um, I think both teams are capable of, of lighting it up, but I'm, I'm sure uh, both teams will be trying to, to stop that happening. Who would you put on David Clifford this weekend if you're a Dublin boss? It's not about one player. Mm. It's the, it's never about one player when you've a guy like David Clifford. Like he is, he is like the the best player I played against was um, Canavan, Peter Canavan, and like Clifford is like he is unique. He's exceptional, and he's he's a credit to himself. So like all great players, the way the game is, the way the rules are, I think it, it's not about one man marking marking them. Unfortunately, you can't do what Mr. O'Shea over over there did way back when in the minor All Ireland final. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we keep that to ourselves. Very There's no cameras. <laughs> There's no cameras. <laughs> but um, but no, it, it'll be a combined effort. But like the, the challenge with that is, if you have two people looking after one player, it leaves space for somewhere else. So that's going to be the challenge from at both ends of the pitch. Mm. Is it like more important to stop the supply to, to David? To look at, I know you need to look at both. You obviously mm. need to, to, to man mark him, but I often think if you stop the supply, it's when he gets that ball, it doesn't matter who's on him. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's a fair point, Ashlyn. And again, come back to 2019, we certainly tactically were thinking more man to man as opposed to potentially kind of having a, a guy like a Keno Sullivan situation. But like in the league games, and I know it's league games, I, I was at the game up in, in 2020 in Crow Park, and like Davy Bourne is a great player, but like he's man to man with 20 five yards of space on David Clifford there's yeah. not a whole lot you can do so I think you have to factor that in and I think uh, like for me when I think of Kerry the three biggest threats in my head are Clifford O'Shea and White I think yeah. as a half back he has that kind of Jack McCaffrey ability in terms yeah. of that pure Leg pure leg. gas and yeah. the, the pure legs and the reality is if you're if you're sacrificing the player to, to shore up your defence it does leave space for a wing back so mm-hmm. I suppose they're the kind of three kind of performances that, that, in my opinion, will, will dictate the Kerry performance. Is there any concern, Jason, about just the, the depth in this Dublin team at the moment? Absolutely. 
I think if if you think about it, like a lot of teams now going into matches, they they play A's and B's, but they also play the team you're likely to finish with against in 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 training because you obviously need to be prepared for that. And like the reality is, and it, it's no one's fault; it's just nature. Guys have obviously dropped by the wayside. So you look at the Dublin bench and you look at some of the names, and they're not the names that were there before. So again, you go back to their last defeat in championship was against Mayo. They had a great start and things looked to be great, but it wasn't until the kind of third, fourth quarter and then into extra time where Dublin didn't have enough. So that is a question mark. But at the same time, I think Dublin know that. So they've obviously had to kind of prepare and plan that way over the last while. So again, from a Dublin perspective, you hope that they're ready for that and the guys that do finish the game will be able to execute because mm. you, got, you only have to look at last Sunday in the hurling, like it was the last 10 minutes that dictated that game. You know, it was, it was the wides that Galway, um, Galway hit that made the difference. So it is the, the most crucial part of the game. A couple of matchup questions for you then, I guess, first of all, Con, if he plays, who are yeah. you putting on him? Like, it's been tried before Tom O'Sullivan um, and Tom was having a great year in 19 but Con just proved a different type of challenge and didn't match up well but he is our best man marker I don't know is it worth trying again no more than Jason you know the, the Tyg Morley role is crucial here but Tyg is probably going to be engaged as well you know Tyg probably has matched up reasonably well against Kilkenny before and might be deployed that way. And Tyg is not Keen O'Sullivan. Keen O'Sullivan was the master of getting to the pitch of the, the in ball. Um, Tyg, you know, the, even the first couple of balls, the last day, it took him a while to get in to right to the pitch of the in ball. And at that stage, you know, it's, you're too late, you're, you're running towards the ball and you realise as a sweeper or as an extra plus one, like, that it's too late and that the, the ball is going to go beyond you. And there's, there's that small worry, Tyrone Susted. In, in the league game in Killarney this year and they played Tyg Morley really well I'm sure Dublin have seen that um, but to answer your question to match up with Conor Callaghan I think the obvious choice is Thomas Sullivan but Jason Foley's playing so well this year and he's using his pace so well that it's worth exploring you know I, I do think and I, I'd nearly start Jason Foley there but you know I think probably Jack O'Connor and the lads would probably have a different idea and then the other one is just if Jack has a full bill of health to, to pick from this weekend Jack Barry is uh, Brian yeah. Fenton's kryptonite and it presents yeah. him with a, a headache. You would have thought that on the form of, of David Moore and Dermot O'Connor, there wouldn't even be a discussion about that, but there is that history. The, the, that law was, the, the certain players, is, like Jack Barry versus Brian Fenton, let's say. Brian Fenton is multiple All-Ireland medal. You know, Jack Barry doesn't. But for some reason, as you say, Jack Barry has traditionally done well since his UCD days against Brian Fenton. So... If he is available, it would be worth trying it again. But I'd, I'd have my doubts that Jack, you know, again, has an interrupted preparation for this, for this game, even if he is available. David was so good the last day. You know, no more than in the, in the early, in the first half against Tyrone last year, he, he takes away your, your, your long kick out from you, from the opposition. So he's worth... Does that mean that you put Dermot O'Connor wing forward, which is changing things up radically? But he, he's been played there before. Dermot O'Connor, up until the last day, was lighting it up. Had, an, had did an awful lot of unseen work the last day, probably consciously or subconsciously protecting David defensively. But I, I th- again, you're, you're talking about looking at the warm-up. I, I'd be surprised if Jack Barry is starting the next day, and that's just a hunch. The man has missed the quarter-final um, had some form of an injury and hasn't had the preparation. What do you say to David Moran? We're going to bring you on. We're going to, you know, 
bring you in as a sub after his performance. After he did the last so bit. well. Yeah, it, it, it's a hard one. And Damon O'Connor is a long-term project, has had a couple of years on the squad now and has done really well this year. Had a kind of understated performance the last day. I'd be going with David Moore and Damon O'Connor. Um, and I, that's just not, you know, not disrespecting Brian Finton. But at some stage, Brian Finton's going to say, hang on, I'm a, I'm a better footballer than Jack Barry. One of these days, I'm going to have to tattoo him. You know, but Jack Barry has traditionally done well on him. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, lads, it is time to get your predictions. Uh, I'm sensing regardless of whatever way these teams line up on Sunday, you're predicting Kerry Dar. Yeah, like, of course, the heart says Kerry. Mm. But there's, there's two factors, and I hope I'm right about this. Um, I just think Mayo have prepared us better than Cork have prepared Dublin or Kildare or whatever. And um, I do think until such a time, we, did, we hadn't heard a whole lot about Kevin McMenamin. Until you have to start somewhere. And maybe this is the Sunday that the Dublin bench are going to say, listen, we're here too and we're just as strong as previous benches. But I do think that we probably have more options off the bench. And there's just this sense that there's something in Kerry. You know, it's... 13 years ago coming into the 2009 final it was the only time as a pundit I ever wrote off Kerry I'm never again going to do that um, and Eamon Fitzmaurice was a selector at the time and I was driving home and he texted me doubting Thomas he said you know <laughs> and it's not you know playing to a gallery or such I do think you know there's a tide in the affairs of men and I do think that the Kerry time has come you know I, I really do think that that you know from just since the start of the year that you know they've been building up without being spectacular, but doing everything so efficiently. And if you were a supporter inside in the stand as a Kerry supporter for the last five or six years, you are worried when we don't win the kick out, when the ball's going the other way, when the Jack McCaffrey's and these lads are running at you. That that worry hasn't gone, of course, but it's less than it was because we are that bit more solid, like that. We're you know the facts speak. We're not leaking goals. And that was always three goals against Tyrone last year. Yeah. Every one of them, if you pause, pause, rewind, pause, pause, is preventable, avoidable. And I think there's been a lot of work done on that. So Dublin, Dublin's oxygen is goals. Like, and f- for those reasons, I, I, I do believe um, Kerry are going to win on Sunday, but it's going to be an unbelievable battle. Yeah. Jason? I might take Dara's advice and write off Dublin now, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they win on Sunday. Um, I, I think uh, your heart and your head. I think the logic would say that the performances of Kerry, they're, like they're the team to beat, and obviously I, from a Dublin perspective, although they've they've been on the up up, up curve in the championship, there's still a lot of question marks there. But from my perspective, knowing a lot of the guys and knowing the characters that they are, uh, like they're very proud, very honest guys, and like all this fuel about well, without Con, they're beaten. I I'm, I can only see that adding to their motivation, adding to the juices. So I'd never back against against those lads but in saying that like if it's close into the last quarter I, I think it'll be it'll be a challenge for Dublin at that stage because as, as Dara said there's probably a lot more question marks about the, the Dublin bench than there is the, the Kerry bench um, but like in all kind of like underdogs against favourites or whatever, the, the underdog has to go out and win it. And until Kerry do it, yeah. until Kerry do it, there's no guarantee they will. So I suppose that's the hope that that I'm living with going into the game. But obviously, it's set up great. It's set up for a great game. So looking forward to Sunday. If you had to put your neck on the line, who are you calling? <laughs> 
If I had to, I have to go with Dublin. Okay. I have to go with Dublin, even though, even though I mightn't get out of here alive. <laughs> I'll take that chance. Well, that's fair. So uh, one for Kerry, one for Dublin. It is uh, a coin toss, I'd say, from looking around at some of the predictions this week. Uh, just a reminder, we've been here in the Castle Bar for the last little while here in Tralee with thanks to Guinness Zero Zero, 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the pitch are yours for the taking. Uh, can we give a warm round of applause to Daryl Canada and Jason Sherlock? <laughs> 